So, uh, you know what? It's We were talking so good in the hall, mm-hmm. and then I totally forgot that the show was starting, and then we ended up starting late. And you know what? I just want to fucking get bang into this show because we've got Ryan Schneider here, and we're ready to rock, and I need a pop. I need to get a pop out of the fridge, but there's only one way that I can accomplish all this and still go on with this broadcast, and that's to play the goddamn theme song. Come on it. applaud me oh my goodness what one is it kevin I got w it. it's q it's q q q that's mm. w i demand my i'll take either of them All right. stone cold silence is not what i want after the theme song <laughs> oh, cut that shit off all right thank you everybody and welcome to the dutch hall with pete van dyke i'm your host pete van dyke i'm also I'm just going to say it because we haven't said it in season eight yet, but I'm going to go right out on a limb. I'm going to fucking say it to the universe. You got to say it. Two time. Two time. President's Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke. That's what I am. And Kev, you nailed the goddamn applause. You're back oh. in my good books. Oh, I was a minus to start the show. You were? I was. You started in a deficit today, I got to admit, but you've redeemed yourself. Playing even right now. I'm so happy to have you, Kev. Oh, and that, who's Kev, you, you might ask? That's Kevin Van Dungeon. Thank you. Give yourself a round of applause, Kevin. Right. Okay. Come on. It's not working. There it goes. Come on. There you go. We'll give it to him. I really should have had one of those. <laughs> Anyways. That was abrupt. And our guest tonight is coming to the Dutch Hall. First time. Dutch Hall Virgin. Ooh. But you've already Ooh. given out a couple of uh, of uh, tidbits in the pre-show uh, interview that we had in here. Yep. Um, I'm a which is coach. not a pre-show interview. It's just you sat here and we talked, right? We got comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> we had him on the casting couch. Yeah. Well, we, we made him take his shirt off a little bit and we because I wanted to get a good look at your body. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> which body? <laughs> but anyways, no. I, we, uh, you're, you have listened to the show before. It's been on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just really cool that you're, but it's your first time in here. So we always like to have people that actually have listened to the show that are in as our guest. It's a man that I've done uh, com- uh, comedy with uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. Mostly is where we've done shows together. And uh, he's uh, first time here, Ryan Snyder, everyone. Yeah. There you go. Kev nailed it again. Oh. What he does is he goes, he, he makes you wonder. He makes you wonder <laughs> is he going to do it this time? Is he going to fucking, like, just completely screw it up leave you hanging yeah yeah schrodinger sound guy i cannot well i cannot figure him out you know i'm trying to figure out a way like kevin and i know each other forever i'm trying to figure out a way where how i can uh like bust his balls a little bit on the show you know because uh before we had this guy uh dave charters on the show do you remember you ever see a show with him on it i've never seen the show i am only a listener Mm. 
You're a listener, right? Yeah. Those are the highest quality um, fans of our program. For or sure. listeners, you know. Do you listen to the end? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever? Anyways, Dave Charze, we used to be able, we used to kind of pick on him a little bit on this program. Sometimes we'd make fun of him, and people liked it. And then we even sold lighters that said "fuck charters," <laughs> and uh, people enjoyed those. And then sometimes people would send us um, feedback. <coughs> yeah, and then we'd, uh, and then. And they would say at the end of it, they go, fuck charters, you know? It's a good uh, a sound off. Yeah, it was, like, nice. Because, you know, like, in the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, he would uh, he would go out and do his monologue. And, like, a lot of times jokes were kind of so-so. But he always had, like, Doc Severinsen. Severinsen with a stupid suit on, like a Don Cherry suit on. So he knew he, if he was bombing, he could go make fun of Doc for his stupid suit. And he had yeah. Ed McMahon there. Ha! Who was a drunk, so he would always make fun of Ed McMahon for being a drunk. So if his joke was bombing that they wrote for him, he would just make fun of one of those two guys, and it would get him out of trouble. Excuse me. Oh. Sorry, Lori. On Holy Thursday of all days, too. We should think of family. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, where was I? Um, Charters. Yeah. What was I saying about him, though? So, that's what I think of when I hear charters. Uh, of that story too. A successful line of merch <laughs> came out of it. Oh yeah, oh, lighters. Yeah. yeah, we even have those Rooster Sucks Balls lighters because people would sign at the end of their end of their message, Rooster Sucks Balls, and then some people. There was like two camps of our listeners. There would be a, a camp of people who who were like, uh, "You're too mean to them. You gotta be nicer to them," you know. And they were they were, they were called women. <laughs> you you don't caress a punching bag (laughs) yeah (laughs) well well said but the nice then but uh kevin you know kevin has been in here as a stalwart in season eight you know the entirety of season eight and uh i've been trying to you know say maybe kevin can fill the role of the whipping boy you know but he's bigger than i am (laughs) charles was as thick as a uh, as a brick though like and i think a Polak can take a shot yeah that's the thing I don't think I could hurt Dave either, and I've I've gotten into two. I've gotten into a bunch of fights with him actually in my life. Actually, he's the, next to my brother. He's the guy I fought the most. Like no cuffs right to the ground. Um, there was one time like his. We were talking about this before the show. Uh, I went to me and him were like uh, me and Kevin were friends in grade school, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, we used to like have uh like fights at recess but they were mostly sport you know yeah it was gladiators yeah like wrestling matches like tag team wrestling matches we would have it was more like theatrical it was a bit of performance but yeah we all wanted to be like wwe superstars yeah yeah we're big wrestling fans you have like signature moves where you're like okay i'm doing my move you have to go along with it for a second yeah there was a certain give and take yeah hammer yeah drop (laughs) but there was like when when me and Kev, my buddy Adrian, and then uh, uh, who else was there? There was like a kind of like f- maybe Bernie. Bernie, yeah. There was like four of us. When we were doing it with each other, totally we were uh, give and take, you know, like you suplex me and then I'll suplex you or whatever. Yeah. It was for fun. Mm-hmm. But then there was this other camp of kids that were uh, that were when we would challenge them to a one, it was more serious. And they were interested in hurting us, if you can believe that. Yeah, they <laughs> had, like, troubles at home and stuff that they had to bring to the... 
No, I think they just didn't like us. And they uh, <laughs> like generally thought we were dicks. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we would fight them for realsies, and then um, kind of. And then uh, uh, I went to high school uh, in Brantford with all of them. And Kevin went with all my other friends to a different high school in Waterford. And then so uh, I got picked on by those guys a lot in the first year of high school until I went to the back of the bus and punched uh, co- uh, the biggest one in the face. <laughs> heel turn. Yeah. You took your heel turn right and, there. And then I was just, because I was so sick of getting made fun of at that point in time, I'm like, I'm going to have to take all for you. Did you ever make friends with that big tall guy afterwards or not? Oh, so yeah. They were yeah. both, he was in my wedding party. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was, yeah. Small world. Yeah, and the other guy that I, and the other, this is leading to my fight with Charters, is that those guys picked with, it was that tall guy, mm. and the guy beside him was Charters. No kidding. And it was always the mouthpiece, Charters, flapping his gum. <laughs> Stirring that pot. And making fun of me for all the recess beatings he got in grade school. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then uh, ended up that uh, in high school, I one time got off the bus and I like threw him against the bus, and it got into like a physical altercation. But it was nothing really serious. Like, there was no real, like, punches thrown. It was more, like, roughing each other up, you know? But it was more me roughing him up. He but came He came back to Waterford, I think, for grade 13. Yeah, he did. Starters. I think he won better grades, so he came to Waterford. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he did, because uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it was considered to be, uh, like, a bit of a cakewalk to get your marks up there in, Water- yeah. in Waterford. Yeah. I don't know what the difference was, because you didn't learn about Jesus. No, I suppose. No, Jesus. <laughs> no, he, no, Jesus. You don't get to, to be smart. I suppose. No. Yeah, no. If you don't talk, did you go to Catholic school or public school? Public. Public. Can you get in close to the mic there? Public. Just, you can drag it right close to you if you want. I, like, just get like make make love to it. Yeah, get that thing in your mouth. Yeah, we want to make sure we can hear you. Yeah. Love is a strong oh, word. Oh, there you go. Now yeah. you're in. Especially when we're talking about Jesus. You went to public school. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have to pray. Never. Just to the the Canadian anthem, you you do the the national anthem, but no prayers, right? No. And would they talk to you about like any like uh, like how to be a good person shit, or is it all just reading, writing, arithmetic? Uh, his. I think a history class most goes into it because it was like these are all the things that were awful and happened. You gotta not be like that. So how did they explain like Easter? You just got the day off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we beauty. still we get the holidays. No, no, I know you got the holidays. I was just like, I wonder how they explain that because oh. we were like Catholics. Oh yeah, yeah, we were told not to have fun at Easter. You gotta go home and you pray. Yeah, no, that's extra homework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go. This is really what happens. It. This is what I like to do. Actually, it's a good re- good reminder because it is a Holy Thursday, which normally, if it isn't fucking COVID, this. This is like a very lively night in the Dutch Hall because it's a Thursday night where you don't have to work Friday, mm-hmm. and everybody is like s- usually sleeping over, and it's <laughs> it's a great night, you know. It's uh, April Fools' too, though. Oh so. boy, mm. maybe Jesus will do something different this year. No, maybe he will not rise <laughs> this year. <laughs> He's going to stay unrisen. I'm going to stay in the tomb. Yeah, come out of a hat. Instead. He has a lockdown. He's got to stay in there. <laughs> Push that rock back, fellas. <laughs> Doug Ford says I got to keep that fucking. I rock. am not coming out. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, we were talking about uh, oh Easter. You know what I do? This is what we do every year at Easter. It's Thursday night is the night where we feast. We do you know this? You Catholic? You're not. 
No, I'm a uh, pretty agnostic. Agnostic? You weren't brought up anything. No. Yeah. You did. Did you have to go to church like for Christmas? No, I had a cousin that's family was religious, so I checked out a couple of the communions and that stuff. Yeah. And I found it very uncomfortable. I'm not. I'm not a good hammer. What's that mean, a hammer? Hammer, like doing the hymns. Oh, hammer. Yeah. It's like, what do you think of the ritualistic uh, nature of it all? Stand up, kneel, sit down. I do love being told what to do, <laughs> but it's it's nice to be in a whole room of of uh, of puppets. <laughs> there is some like there is some, <laughs> yeah like there is something about it that it's like you don't notice when you're a kid because you go to mass every week and then at some point you get to be a certain age where you're like, um, like it's it gets creepy. You know, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden we're like, we're all saying the same thing at the same time. We all know the words and we have to say the words. Now they're changing the words and I have to say it their way again. And like, then what? I was like begging for that homily to go by faster. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what else? You know what they did that lost a lot of Catholics? Uh, I know they, they had words. Those words existed that everyone knew since they were kids. It was like ingrained into us. You know, I could res- peace be with you and also with you. Peace be with you and also with you. That was just how it was all the time. Every time someone would say peace be with you. Also with you. It's how it goes, right? It's, a, it's how you go. And then it's like you, you give the sign of peace. There would be a time in the church where you'd shake each other's hands and you'd say peace be with you. And right? also with you. Or, they go, or you go peace. You just say peace be with you back. I think yeah. it's like that. But it was one of those things. But it was always and also with you. And now it's now they came out. This is like probably like a decade ago or 15 years by now. But this is what turned me off of the of the church. Was what did I do? What did I do? I just want to make sure I didn't fuck anything up here, quick, because I touched the button. Is that a collar? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there we are. We're Al from Interkip. You're live. We're flickering on. That's my YouTube here. I just want to make sure that this is looking good. Humanity is flickering, Pete. Oh boy, yeah, it is flickering. There's something. That's wonky with my stream right now. I hope it's you the know Catholic. What? The Catholic Church is. Uh, oh, yeah. it's the, it, it probably is. It probably is. They're like shut this shit down. Anyways, it usually gets itself together after a bit, but right now it's looking very shitty. But it sounds good, I think. Anyways, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the point is, we got a recording there. It's going to go out, and uh, and uh, it's just it must be internet or, or something. I gotta know though. What do they change? Peace be with you too. Oh, and. It, in your spirit? Oh, my God. So then they go, you go, peace be with you, and then you go, in in, in your spirit? But now you'd be touching elbows, too, in church, right? You wouldn't be, like, shaking hands. No, I don't think, I don't know. I don't even know the rules anymore. Mm. I keep getting told that it's going on, but. In your spirit. In your spirit? They're, so they're, it's like 15% capacity at religious ceremonies. How do they pick who's, like, the most devout? Whoever needs it the most. If not, first come, first serve, they nope. can. They can tell. It's written on your face how much you need the Lord. To... Of course. Okay. Of course. You walk up and they're like, get in. <laughs> Other people walk up, they're like, mm, you could, I think you're part of the 20%. Yeah. Front. <laughs> Maybe next week. Front row for you. Yes. Yes, for sure. You get the first host. Yeah. At you... the, uh, is that, do they still call them hosts? I think it's, you're <laughs> in the splash zone. <laughs> what is that thing called, Pete, that they shake the that that sprays the the audience with holy water, and it's actually called a congregation too, isn't it? What that thing they 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 flick in the uh, 
it's it's always, it's made of brass or gold or something like that, and he walks a to, wand. It's a wand. I don't know what it is. Is that <laughs> they dip it in holy water and splash the crowd with it? I don't know. You know what I saw the last guy do? He used like a, a, a like a pine branch. Ooh. And he just started like putting it in the holy water, and then he it would really flip water at you. I think, and I'll should. tell you that the, the guys, the kids get a kick out of that. Some, <laughs> sometimes you can't beat nature's design. I think they should do like the Ozzy Osbourne with a bucket of holy water and just like, yeah. or like wet T-shirt contest, like Gallagher. Yeah, <laughs> smash the bucket of holy fill a, water. Fill a uh, watermelon full of holy water like you used to with vodka. Yeah, bladder. And then uh, go out there, the priest goes out there with a sledgehammer and just <laughs> smashes the holy water like uh, watermelon. And the congregation gets co- soaked in it. That's entertainment, man. That is entertainment. That's how you get butts in seats. That will sell tickets. Yeah. I got to do something to keep the sound alive. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, there you go. Hey, I'm wondering if uh, we should take a short break just to figure out my technical uh, glitch because it looks like it's just, I think if I just rebooted everything, do it. I could get this live stream going again. So if the two people who are uh, looking at this thing still, I'm going to say bear with me, give me about five minutes and then we'll be up and running again, okay? I did send a link to my girlfriend and my mom. Okay, yeah, well, then I sh- we should do it for them, eh? Absolutely. For them, let's get it right, okay? Because I haven't even got into the meat and potatoes of you yet. Okay, wait, we're, we'll, we'll talk to you in a second. We're back, for sure. Yeah, we're definitely back. We'll clean that up in post, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you know what? I, I'd love it in a perfect world. That would be all cleaned up in post. If it's not the beginning and the end of the video. <laughs> yeah. I've really, I really, I don't know, really I got something wrong with me. I got, uh, I had to do this ad. I got a, I got a real sponsor, like a decent sponsor. It's something that I think there's certain listeners that would actually use the product. It's going to be like, a, it's decent, like it's a decent sponsor, you know? And uh, all I got to do is do a freaking ad. I got to read it into like the camera yeah. and send it to them. And it's a minute ad and they, they approve it and then I'm off and running. I can do an ad every week, mm-hmm. but I don't have to get it approved. I can just do it. But then I could do it now, like with you guys in the room would be fine. But when I have to do it by myself, I'm like so nervous because I seem like a lunatic. You know, because you're doing it for nothing, right? Just talking into a camera. Nothing except for that sweet, sweet <laughs> cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> Cake. A little bit of, I wish I could draw right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like to pretend it's about the money, but uh, it's not at all. It's like, but it's just nice to, like, you, I finally, but it's, a, I realize sometimes in my life that I get in these situations where, you know, like, uh, it's clear what I have to do. I know exactly what I have to do. But I just don't know how to do it. Like, I, 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 I can't bring myself to do it. Well, sometimes you just got to get out of your own way. Yeah, I know. But I, I keep trying. I, every day, I figure you keep hitting up the rock, you'll eventually break it, you know? But uh, so if I keep going back, like stand-up, eh? Like, you you have to have that mentality to be a stand-up. Where you got to do something that doesn't make sense, and then do it again. And do it again, and do it again. And then it makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's really important to blame the audience for for your shortcomings. <laughs> you like that? 
Like yeah. you, you, uh, like I would see, I see comics do that all the time, especially newer ones, you know, yeah. where they'll think their jokes are funny and they'll start saying, blaming the audience for not liking it. <laughs> and <laughs> your whole job is to read the room. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, and it's an in, like you get judged in comedy, um, instantly, instantly by the audience. It's not a open for debate. You know, like it's like they either enjoyed it or they didn't. You can tell they're not going to lie for like for your benefit. Even mm. the fa- even the famous ones only get a couple minutes, right, of their fame. Yeah, yeah. Right, like if if, and he probably will someday soon. Like if Jerry Seinfeld walks in this room, we'll laugh at a few of his jokes right off the bat. But then he's got to make us laugh. Then, but yeah, Legit. they eventually has to. You have to earn it. You're in a room, but it's still like you might laugh. But like the people are laughing. Oh, that's a good question for you, Ryan. All right, hit me. Um, <laughs> you have the ability, right, to be like a famous comedian, um, but your audience is a bunch of idiots. They don't get your jokes, but they love you and they laugh at everything you say. But they don't get them the way you're writing them. Oh fuck. Or you can live a struggling existence where you are pretty much uh, anonymous, but you like sh- you kind of like struggle your way through a, com- a comedy life. Maybe oh. you're like appreciated after you die. Oh, wow. yeah. You maybe you're respected after you die. I th- I think I'd go with the second one. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather be true to my true to my shit. I think selling out just for. I, I don't get into it for the fame. I would want to be appreciated for th- what I'm actually doing. Uh, I agree. If people, I, if pe- if I was just up there and to the audience, for all intents and purposes, I'm just flapping my arms and mouth around, and they love that for some reason, but not the content of my jokes. Yeah, it would feel hollow to me. It'd feel like a TikTok video. But I've never been like filthy, stupid rich either. Maybe that would make up for it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Just buy your buy your happiness. I gotta tell you, like since I started doing this show, like when I started doing this show, I had zero zero listeners, right? And uh, zero, I had never had. I never used the internet except for work, you know. Like I did it. I had like a at at work, or I came home and used it for porn or something. Yeah, you know, like a regular person. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, so then I started uh, when I started this, like. 2013 then the um the first time i ever had somebody that recognized like that that knew me from the show that i didn't know but they knew the show and then they saw me in real life and they were saying hey you're the guy that i listened to um uh that moment was i was just so excited that somebody knew me from doing this it's an interesting feeling that i didn't care like what kind of person they were you know, I just was happy that it was a person that was cons- that liked what I was doing, you know? And then... A fan is a fan. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the way I looked at it. Like, just lucky to have them, you know? And then uh, over time, I've had a few people who are fans who um, take my words and then, like, misconstrue them to suit whatever delusion they have, you know? Like, they... Like, I did the show about... Uh, it was called Meet a Muslim. And it was... We had in... Uh, this, our friend Ada, he's like a Turkish guy. He's like a drywaller. And he came in. He's like a regular dude, right? Like he's yeah. a totally normal guy. Uh, good good, uh, good dude, right? So he comes in here. My, my whole point was there's a lot of like Islamophobic stuff going around. I wanted to kind of show people like Muslims are just regular people. 
you know, and uh, so that was the whole point of the show. And I had a guy come up to me and say, I love your show. Uh, I heard that Muslim one you did. You're right. Those guys got to get out of this country. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> totally missed the point. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, that's the opposite of what I was trying to do, you know? That's reading between the lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like, so once in a while, I've felt that where you're like, I appreciate you liking my stuff, but you're getting it wrong, you know, like you're mixing it up. Yeah, and I'm like, then I started thinking like, what if that's what I'm attracting? Like, what if I'm attracting like people and they're all they're hearing is like anger and hate out of what I'm saying. Then all of a sudden you have this responsibility. Mm-hmm. Then you got to organize like a, a big Kool-Aid drink. Yeah. Yeah. To murder my cult following. You're. Yeah, the <laughs> the racist ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd have to, like, start, like, euthanizing, like, kind of like uh, genocide for, for the people that I judge to be not worthy of my... <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be going down a slippery slope. Yeah, I I, I do that a lot, and I'm not always wearing boots. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a water skis. <laughs> so uh, I want to say... Um, I hope you're. Uh, oh wait, we got. Um, you got a question? That seems to be. Oh, that seems to be better. Ryan Van der Vondervoort, thank you very much, and and uh, Andy Coot, thank you so much uh, for the feedback. They told us that we're better. That our live stream is working better. This is awesome. People can actually tell us that they're uh, watching our show now. I never. Uh, I still got to wear glasses or something so I can fucking read it. But I can I see it better from here than I would if I was as close as you. Oh, I got him. Oh, I still can't see, that's, even with them on. That's science. Yeah, that's <laughs> science. You know, I do, there are people that are still uh, consuming the program, and before we get into the meat and potatoes of the interview, which is, I'm, a, I'm planning on doing a real one-on-one in-depth interview with <laughs> right. you, Ryan, you know? I'm nice. taking this goddamn seriously. I did research. <laughs> I should Ooh. hope so. I thought, I spent time just sitting there thinking about you, and thinking about our relationship, and <laughs> when, how we met. I, I thought about, like... I never, I haven't thought this much about you ever. I, I firstly don't blame you, and I secondly, <laughs> if I knew that, maybe would have dressed up a little bit. Oh, you look fantastic. Uh, I'm not. The clothes don't impress me. The clothes don't impress okay. me. It's the man. It's the man inside the clothes. That's why I was. That's what me and Kevin made you strip down when you got in here. Definitely, yeah. oh. <laughs> well worth it. I thought yeah. that was just standard procedure. That's how we do things normally. Yeah, that's how we it's COVID, do. eh? I could. I Stop could. and frisk. We had to make sure you're clean. Yeah, not yeah. wearing a wire and all that. <laughs> yeah. Before you put me live on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, um, what are we going to. We have to do a segment on our show that we call a feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback. This week's segment is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. Uh, we're an inch and closer to me getting a check from those motherfuckers, I'll tell you. But what you got to do if you want to give uh, Pete some cake, some cheddar from my pockets, just to mm. coat my pockets and so I can say, wash myself with money. You got to say Bezos in the mirror three times. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe so that I can just fix uh, all my faltering technology or put a smoke sucker in here Ooh. so it keeps my uh, equipment 
from getting all smoky from my weed habit. Um, oh, I digress. But the, but anyways, if you want to do that, you go to uh, livefromthedutchhall.com. You'll see uh, Amazon banner there. Maybe you go to the, my YouTube page or whatever, uh, the Dutch Hall with Pete Van Dyke. You go to the YouTube page. You see an Amazon banner there. Whatever you want to do, click it. You go right to the page where you can do Amazon shopping. What happens if it's not working for you? What's the problem? What do you mean? You shut off that pop-up blocker, don't you? Oh, that's right. If you don't see it on my website, there might be an ad blocker on there. You want to take that blocker off. Yep. You shut it down, and then you do your shopping. And then Bezos, you know, he's a little bit less rich. Guess who's a little bit more rich? No, no, me. <laughs> and right? his wife, his ex-wife. No, she got a little cake, too, from him. Yeah, but she's not going to get any more from these transactions I'm trying to get our listeners to do, Kev. That's right. Get your head out of your ass. Come did on. She <laughs> s- did she sell all of her shares? <laughs> what? Did she sell all of her shares? Oh, okay. He's got you back in the game, man. <laughs> you made me look like an idiot here. Hey? <laughs> eh? You used to thank that guy. Thank you, sir. Because he made you. He's true. He saved you. I was shit in the bed there for a second. Thank you so much. Yeah. She's got stocks. She's going to do whatever she wants. <laughs> nope, that guy. She's going to go yeah, space for he, she He does. She's a powerful woman. I hope she does. Yeah. You know what's going to be cool if. We live long enough. We could see Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and have space wars against each other. That's going to be amazing. It'd be fucking great. I wish we had a pew pew sound. Mark right Cuban now. will cover it. <laughs> yeah. Right? He'll be in like a bubble beside him and James Cameron. Or, or no, James Cameron's not rich enough. Yeah, I think Cuban will have like some kind of sports team. Yeah, he'll like a, the first space league. Yeah. And he'll brag about how well he treats all the space league Whatever they are, warriors. Yeah. Good food, good good conditions. But then there'll be a rich Saudi guy who's like, Well, all of our space athletes are under under whip and chain. Yeah. Yeah. They're space athletes. you can do anything. You can't you just w- have one space team. They need competition. They they do they would have lots of space teams. Even Poland's got a uh like a space program now. You're it's joking. cheap to get in space. I guess. So it's only a matter of time. It's a bit more expensive to get back safely, though. Yeah, does, but does Canada have one? Not likely. I'm not even sure if we do. We usually, yes, we do have a space program. It's just that. We gave that arm to the space station. Yeah, yeah. Remember? And we had like, we have like Chris Hatfield and Roberta Bondar and all these astronauts that have been to space. But, um,. Being an astronaut in Canada is like being a comedian in Canada. You, know? <laughs> you you can technically call yourself one, but... It shouldn't be the first thing in your dating profile. Yeah. You got to leave the country in order to get to space. Yeah, who really saw it? What? Who really saw it? Yeah. Well, like, they wouldn't go to space unless they went to the States to go to space. You know? Yeah. Like, they're not going to... We don't send them out of, like, uh, like Moose Jaw. Fire, fire them off from Halifax <laughs> or something. <laughs> we don't have the weather for it. And uh, I don't know. We don't. Uh, there's a lot of things we don't do. But our country, you know, you know, why our country's so kind of fucked up is because we're so big. And it's it's difficult to, like, manage that big a geography that's so different from and tie it all together. And the it's populations expensive. are all like close to the border, too. Yeah. I, I like the idea of getting rid of countries and every city is just its own. Oh, yeah. Like city states. Yeah. I know I know I've been pitching for a while that you should have um like uh like Toronto should separate from Ontario mm. and become their own province. 
They dictate then, the rest of Ontario. And then Ontario could actually have a say in how the provinces run. And then the rest of us can have a say because yeah. we, we, no one ever listens to us. No. We don't uh, – it doesn't matter. Oh. Out here, though, do you guys really do you guys really want much? Well, we want to not have Toronto make a bunch of decisions, and now we look at our waterfront, it's just a bunch of windmills because they had an idea, and then they put one up, you know? We only have, like, one representative. What? Like, we only have one representative for such a big area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. And, like, the the one time in uh, we had the, the liberal government that was a provincial government, mm-hmm. the Kathleen Wynne was our premier, and she didn't even have an agriculture minister. <laughs> she was the agriculture minister. She didn't even have one. And I bet it didn't come up very often in speeches. No, I never. We, they, they acted like we didn't even grow any crops in Ontario. No. Through that whole time. It's like, fuck, which as a farm, like as a farm kid, you know, a guy worked in agriculture my whole life, I was... Do like, you grow anything, or are you just farm adjacent now? No, I'm just what what's uh like I was born on a farm, yeah, and then um so I can't not be a farmer at my heart, you know, uh but I and then I worked lending money for two farmers, like I just worked in agriculture, lending money in that business, so I worked in that industry <coughs> for till I was like forty. And then um, you got out before you got a pension. Yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> you was my, gotta dodge that pension. That was my nightmare. I always like watched. Uh, I would go to like people's retirement parties, and I'd see this old guy that's sitting there. He put in like thirty-five years, you know, and then he's sitting there, and uh, they give him a f- fucking watch, you know, and then like the next day they just forget about him. Didn't even matter. Yeah, and I'm like, if you, I would be like, if you. Uh, if I make, I tell my friends, you know, that I was working with, I'd be like, if I make it to one of these parties, you better get me as a retirement gift a shotgun. Because <laughs> I failed. I failed miserably in every aspect of my life. <laughs> I meant it, like, at the time, too. I was like, I can't do this. <clears throat> I knew I was only in there for, I, I said I was going to be there five years, get their money and get out of there, you know. <laughs> and then I ended up 15 in there. I got kind of hooked. You know, you get a mortgage, you get kids and stuff. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, it was. It was though. It really was though. Because you're not. You're not. You know. You're not supposed to be there. The whole time you're like, I'm not supposed to be here. This isn't right. You know. Like you know that the whole and you're wasting like all your good years. years. Yeah, years doing something that you know is just like not. It's kind of right. Everyone's telling me it's the right thing to do. You know, like you're. Everyone tells you that's the right thing to do. They tell you to go to school. You say get something so you can get a job. These guys are offering you a job. I like Shazma's one joke about the bank is just the money st- or the number store. Yeah. As long as the bank's not Don't calling you. Don't use material. I'm not, I'm, no, it's, <laughs> no, a, it's a good <laughs> philosophical basis Yeah. for your life is a little less stressful if the bank's not constantly trying to get a hold of you. Yeah, it is true. If you can manage, if you, that's the thing. They should teach kids financial literacy. If they ever taught kids financial literacy... Like it's, it would save so much trouble yeah. just having some knowledge of how money works and how, you know, to value it properly and stuff like that. You know, like I don't know how you can. Some people got it and some people don't. Maybe the banks are lobbying governments not to do that. Those banks love getting credit cards in every eighteen-year-old's hand. Yeah, I guess so. They, they prey on. They the, corner you. Yeah. That's a biggie at the college and universities, right? That booth. 
Oh, yeah, man. You need a credit card? No, no. You need a credit card. Oh, yeah. Well, my wife, when she was in optometry school, too, like, I mean, they, I see them do this to, to a lot of optometry students. They get, like, uh, they they go get to school, and then they um, they say, here's a credit card, you know, uh, and, and or here's a line of credit, you know. You're going to be a professional, so, like, you're going to be rich. So <laughs> here's a line of credit. And Now then, max it out buying one year's worth of textbooks. Oh, kids are buying motorcycles. They're going <laughs> to stereos. They're spending their money going across Europe on their summers and all that stuff. They spend all the money on fun stuff while they're young. And now they graduate. They got all that debt. They got their student debt from paying for school. That's where they want you. They got um, now they got to start a practice if they want to start a practice. You know mm-hmm. they got to buy go into debt for that. You know and it's like they got like and then they haven't even talked about the mortgage they need for their house. Yeah, if they're gonna live in a house, right? So that so then you're talking about getting like three mortgages. Start you're you're sunk right when, before you ever start. And even at a university and college level, they don't teach you anything. Just no. get in debt. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, when she was in that same school, and they were offering that stuff. Unless you're in accounting, then they'll be like, "This is a this is a ledger. <laughs> make yeah. sure your make sure your in is bigger than your out." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was to, I I took that that in school. I was so I was kind of wired that way. Yeah. And then so I, when my wife was being offered that same money, I was like, "No, let's be broke." Yeah. It's better to be broke, and then we can, then we we live like, and then I then when we started making money, I said, "Let's still." Live like you're broke. Live like we're broke. Yeah, yeah, but if society collapses while you're still alive, then everyone who was in debt actually won. Huh? Because they <laughs> they didn't. Play, oh, right, right. They right. didn't have to play by the rules. They never scrimped and saved, and the result's going to be the same. Right, and even in 2008, that kind of happened because uh, they forgave a lot of debt during that period of time, you know. And right. in the 80s, around here, when uh, when the interest rates were real high and everyone was losing their farms. Um, they forgave a lot of debt uh, during that period of time. And they'll have to do it again when the shit hits fan. Who knows when that's going to happen? It could happen soon. I don't know if it's going to happen soon. Do you have your shit hits the fan, like, duffel bag? No, you know, I really... I'm starting to hit the, like... Uh, have you invested in silver? <laughs> funny you should say. That's one, I'm, that's one of the things. I'm like, silver, gold, and Bitcoin are the three things i'm looking at to protect myself from the shit hitting the fan i'm i'm not sold on the the cryptocurrency i think uh i do think uh rare minerals though is good cobalt the cobalt mines in the congo if you can get, if you can get a piece of that oh yeah, yeah well the thing about those is that they're they're tangible things they're physical things you know and even when you buy gold or silver you shouldn't just buy gold or silver like uh like like you would an investment where it's on paper it's gold or silver like you got to order the gold or silver and have it come to your house so yeah you can yeah. have it in your hand and then you need to like put it in a safe somewhere or something you know right. it's got to be real gold because uh, or in in the interim let's say we have there's bullshit gold out there let's say we have 10 years <laughs> you invest in the mining companies right now because as other people stock up on their gold and silver those companies become more valuable you just it's about cashing out at the right time yeah yeah it's but it's all my fear is that the cash is gonna be worth nothing yeah and that 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 there has to be something so like if um if there's hyperinflation that that mineral that tangible asset that physical thing is it's based on 
the um, the currency. It's based on U.S. dollar. So mm-hmm. if the U.S. dollar becomes hyperinflated now, there are, Biden's talking about this infrastructure thing or whatever. I hate to get too political or whatever, but the, the they're pumping, they're printing so much goddamn money. You know, like it's it's going to lead to inflationary things. It's already has with the stimulus stuff. It's like that's why the stock market looks like it's doing good. It's because people got extra cash they're putting in places, right? Well, every every economist, all their theories are centered around people being rational actors and making responsible decisions with their money. And I think when you zoom out a little bit, that falls apart. Yeah, and if the if the people who are buying the bonds all of a sudden want to cash them in, and there's enough people want to cash in their bonds, you know, or at and the same time, at the same time, that currency collapses, and if the currency collapses people take to the streets i know it's, it's so exciting but the gold is still gold and that gold be worth yeah whatever if the like if the doll if a dollar's now like a penny you know like mm-hmm. then the gold would be a hundred times more than it is now mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it would, it would always be like a your level your safe bet through turbulent times i don't know where we got this isn't during uh feedback isn't it <laughs> i'm yeah, sorry it we got sidetracked, but there, as we do, we as got we Dutch do, Hall lesson. that's a, how Dutch Hall works. But anyways, we, uh, I just want to say a few things. Number one, last week's show, the music was back in the hall. Uh, Mike Bow uh, got some uh, rave reviews. So good. One from Dan Brennan, who said uh, he would listen every week if uh, Mike would continue to, to uh, put that much into his singing, is what he said. If he'd sing his lungs out like that. It's kind of up to Mike. Yeah, for Dan Brennan. I passed it on to him. Eh? I think there's a little, there's a little bit of a, a bromance there. They love talking soccer. Oh yes. I don't know if I'm not saying anything that Mike feels the same way about Dan, mm. but I, I know Dan has a bit of a, a man crush on Michael. I think. And that sweet voice didn't hurt it. No, no. I think it just strengthened it. I think, I think, so. I think Dan's even more in love mm-hmm. with uh, Mike Bow now. So, Dan Brennan, you know, he's a married man. He's my cousin. He just happens to, you know, be out of your league, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you, you know keep what? Keep showering him in compliments. Yeah, though. keep keep up with the compliments. I appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <out> of his <laughs> and we also got a piece of uh, feedback all the way, all the way from Australia. It was our, it's our Australian correspondent. I'm gonna call him our Australian correspondent. I now. like this. Yep. Um, actually, I should look up on my phone. What uh, part of Australia? That's my worst. That's the worst Australian accent you'll ever hear. Oh, don't uh eat your baby. The Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Uh don't don't uh he's they, gonna, they he's say gonna the stop c- listening. They say the C <laughs> word down there. Do you guys say the C word? He's a good cunt. Oh there okay. He's I don't think he's like can hear uh, can he can't respond to you, but it would take weeks. Hey, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. He'll listen to it like maybe like next week. But there's only like you know what I th- find interesting about Australia is that there's only like uh my Australian listeners, I should say, the Dutch Hall listeners in Australia, mm. there's only probably about eight of them, maybe four. <laughs> you know, <laughs> eight, eight or four of the best people in Australia, though. Right. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, I don't think these guys know each other. They're from. They seem to be spread out mm-hmm. across Australia. But you think about that, how cool that is, because I think they listen regularly because it's pretty like. Same patterns you notice in downloads and stuff like that mm-hmm. from the same parts, and you kind of think. And then I'm, I, uh, you know, some of them are providing us with feedback, and uh, oh, if 
for fuck's sakes. Anyway, so <laughs> there's only like four of them in the country or eight of them. There's got to be a way for these people to identify themselves and then so that we can uh, get them to like go get together, throw a fucking shrimp on the barbie together. You know what I'm talking about? You know how they have Comic-Con? Yeah. They, there's going to be a Dutch Hulk-Con in Australia. Yeah, you think? Can you imagine that if if Emil if if Emil Van Steg you know invites the other f- four Australian listeners four to eight four to eight <laughs> you could almost fill a pub with the Dutch Hall fans of Australia. I bet you he's got some sort of a, like a hay 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 barn or something like that on his on his farm. Yep, that he can just like put up some picnic tables or something like that. Kangaroo stalls and get a keg of beer or something like that. Pastas. And then have the Dutch have uh, the Dutch Hall listeners in Australia all gather like and start this like, like a what do they call it? like a Comic Con? What do you call it with the 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 clown posse, the insane clown posse, where they all go in the middle of the forest in Kentucky and oh. I think that's an orgy. Oh, is it an orgy? It does have a real name though. Yeah, an orgy I'll down Google under. It. It's cr- yeah, it's that that would be what it would be, but for Dutch for Dutch Hall. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Anyways, Emil keeps sending me stuff because he knows. I don't even remember what I say on the show ever. You shouldn't. No? I don't. You should, but you should have a like a, a tingling feeling that... I've said if, this story before? Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. want any duplication. Yeah, but I see some comics that have no problems doing that where you see him do the same jokes. Even like if you watch Norm MacDonald, he does like... The, uh, on the same jokes on Letterman sometimes two, three times, you know, like in different years. And I'm like, wow, man. They're, but like that's balls because I would be in my own head about that. I would never. The, I think the difference is you're assume you would assume that you have a similar audience for yeah, each yeah. episode, whereas you go to an open mic, it's probably a different crowd. Yeah, but if you hear a person that you know, like if like um, if a listener of mine that listens every week hears me tell a story to you. That like like this this podcast is if I like uh, if I did like the the this podcast is brought to you by uh, Van Dyke Party Services you know if I did one of those bits and then um, everyone knows it that bit don't right? live your life in regret don't live your life in regret Mike me and my cousins are gonna come and drink all your booze and you're gonna pay us a hundred bucks to do it and you're gonna have the time of your life you know like that that commercial it, every all my listeners know it but the the person that was new in the room didn't know it. But you like so then um, they would they would uh, listen like it because it would they could see what that the how that person would react to it you know I think mature well rounded people can zone out for two minutes if they heard something before and not think any any less of the episode mm. they might enjoy it though because they're in on the joke like yeah. they're in on the bit right it's like uh, you're not in on the bit as the guest in the hall but the people in the hall and the listeners are in on what we're gonna do right because we would do that to. I always think of that we had Rick Natras in one time, and uh, Rick Natras, he was like a hockey player, and and we really busted his balls a lot that night, <laughs> and uh, he was, because he was giving it to us pretty bad about how rinky-dink we were, and how like much of a joke it was, and why did he come all this way, and, stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, which were all fair points, you know. <laughs> rinky-dink, I see literally hundreds of dollars of technology around me right now. <laughs> Oh, provided by our listeners in a lot of cases. <laughs> at the beginning of the sh- at the beginning of the show, it was um, donations. All I was a prideful thing. I didn't want to put any of my own money into it. I wanted to just generate it through itself. And then it went so far, and I couldn't do it anymore. I had to finally say, like, "Fuck it! Everything just sucks." 
ever <laughs> have a and then i had to like put my own money into it but so so what did this uh what what, what did this ozzy say Oh, like you send me wolf stuff because he hears me on the show. <laughs> he knows I like wolf stuff, right? So he sends me uh, this picture of this guy, and he's got like, uh, like his, where is it's underpants with the wolf's head where his dick is. That <laughs> that was the basis for this twenty-minute segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And I gotta tell you, I love it. But, but you ever when I see a person that wears a wolf, like some sort of wolf clothing in public. Like, if I see... Like a jean jacket with a wolf patch on the back of it? Yeah, I saw a guy with a jean jacket with a fucking wolf patch on the back. Just the other day, it was like you read in my mind with a furry collar oh. on it. And it was like, I was looking at that jacket, and I was just like, uh, like I just have a bit, like envy in me. Of his confidence. Yeah, how much confidence it takes to wear that um, jacket, right? And then... Um, I always wanted to take a picture of it. I was I was uh, going behind a pickup truck the other week, and it, and the guys uh, had a bumper sticker on his tailgate, and it said, uh, "Shoot your local heroin dealer." Ooh, hey, that's what it said on it. It's a little rough. That's some real uh, Philippines, huh? That was the president of the Philippines was like. Hey, he doesn't like drugs. Yeah, he st- he like called for an open. Like war on the drug dealers. Like it would, um, you can murder them. It's yeah. It's okay. If you murder them, you're off free, and you yeah. did, you did the society a service. I saw a bumper sticker What's today it? that said, "I eat milf and cookies." <laughs> I did it really? I really did. I eat milf and cookies. That's classy. That is not one of Duterte's policies. Nope. No. <laughs> did it have? Did it have like the little stick people of his family or of him? No. It was just I eat milf and cookies, and I was like, "Wow, I eat milf classy. and cookies." That is crazy. So the, it's a gathering of the juggalos. Oh, gathering of the juggalos! Like it'd be a gathering of the like the Dutch holly, the Dutchalos, the Dutchalos. Yeah, down under, down under, down under Dutchalos. That's what I think we propose. Anyways, Emil, you get back to us. Let us know what we think of that. We got to get these people in Australia together and make something happen. That's right. We got to bring you together. We got to make you like uh, share your love for each other. Because right now, this guy's sitting in his barn. He's pulling out teats. He thinks that he's the only person in Australia that even knows what the hell we're talking about. You're not know? alone. I would like uh, an Australian's opinion about why they haven't conquered New Zealand. Like, why does New Zealand get to be its own place? You think they should? No one would even notice, right? Because they're, they're tucked away in the corner of the map. They just got rid of all their guns, too. Oh. New Zealand did? Yeah. What did they do with them? After the Christchurch shooting. Well, voluntary buyback. Australia get rid of their guns, too. They oh, have- that's right. Maybe we'll- well, they yeah. could throw kangaroos and or not kangaroos, uh, boomerangs and didgeridoos. I well, would love the next war to be entirely fist fight. Fist fight, yeah. Ooh. I think if the fist fight wars should come back. It'd be great. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely who's the toughest. Yeah, I like. I like. I I've always been a supporter of a fist fight, like as a possibility, because I like. I uh, know as kind of a coward, like as deep down, I'm a coward, right? That if a guy wants to really fight me, that I would be like, uh, uh, I would prefer to just like say, no, you can't do that because it's assault, brother. <laughs> right. And but then, you know that if you found yourself in a fist fight, let's say you woke up from a, a haze and you were in a fist fight already, you know that whatever you're fighting about, you believed in it because you hate fighting so much. No, um, that's what you'd think, right? That's how I feel right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? What's going to happen here? No, no, I don't like fighting. So oh, oh, you don't like fighting? If I fought you, there would be you, a very good reason. You would feel justified in fighting me because oh. I would have would done take, something terrible. Yeah, it would take so much to get me to the point of violence. Do you want me to think of some examples? I was like, wow, <laughs> something's happening. Yeah. No, I won't, I won't even do that because okay. it would be all terrible. I won't, don't want to upset you. And I, it might, I don't want to get up either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other. It's like yeah. watching two cowards. <laughs> no, but honestly, um, I'm the third. It, I'm a pacifist. Like I hate fighting, and I don't think it's really the way to solve things is to to use aggression and fighting. But then when I get when somebody gets me pissed off, I fight immediately. Like I I don't want to be the second guy in a fight ever. Like I really don't. Oh. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to. I don't because I've found out I'm in a fight too late a lot of times. And then, so it's better to like be proactive than to be reactive because like, you get hit harder. Like you're looking up at the sky and you're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna fight." No, yeah, that's how it would happen. So yeah. now I'm I'm quick to act if I think I'm in one. Yeah. So I've maybe jumped the gun a couple times, is what I'm saying. No. Well, and then, but luckily it's not been too bad. I haven't gotten real fights. Mostly it's with my brother, and <laughs> the, he <laughs> he just comes charging at me like a bull. Well, then you know you're in one. Yeah, and you definitely know you're in one, and yeah. he started it. Brother relationships are a bit different. It's always the other one's fault. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that he would say it was different. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> I was mouthing off to him. Like, a lot of times a real fighter, like, I'm not a real fighter, like, uh, but a real fighter, he, he doesn't talk at all. Yeah, my dad told me it's the quiet ones you got to yeah, yeah. watch out for. It's a, The real fighter won't talk shit to nobody. They'll just, like, fight. And yeah, he, and, real and, fighters don't start fights. They end them. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> my gums are always flapping. Yeah, the the, the ones that don't really want to be in the fight are the ones that are like yapping their gums all the time. They think they can talk their way out of it too. And then you're like, I don't know what happened. You're holding an ice pack on your eye. I always like, yeah, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, your mouth's big. You guys are real dick. Yeah, I love my. I have a buddy too that. I have, well, there's a few of them. Have you ever see little guys that when they're with their big friend, they have a big mouth. And it's like it, Spike and yeah, whatever yeah. that cartoon. The Chihuahua and the Bulldog. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I wanted to. That's it, eh? That's we, it for, for. That's it. We just. Right. That's it for feedback. We got feedback. I just wanted to wrap that up. If you want to give it to us in the future, go to live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. And thank you for people that are supporting our show. I appreciate it. You can always donate uh, Patreon and uh, PayPal as well. So thank you. To everyone that supports us, thank you. It really is um, helpful. You're the real heroes. Yeah, they are the real heroes. And we hope through this lockdown uh, uh, that we can uh, give them some entertainment, you know? I'm considering just selling old uh, Dougie Ford during this uh, lockdown. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to respect your wishes during the week. I'm going to stay at home lockdown. But maybe on Thursday nights, I'm going to do whatever the fuck. Because it's, uh, you know what? This is essential service. I'm going to start <laughs> a... It's true. Yeah. I'm going to start an underground haircutting ring. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. By the way, I got my, uh, I did my, uh, because I knew the lockdown was coming, did my own haircut. Third haircut in a row did myself. Nice. Easy peasy. Can't even tell. Yeah. That's savings. Yeah. Total savings. (laughs) It's a Dutch haircut. It's also time (laughs) savings. Like, I didn't have to Did you get your wife to, like, balance the bowl on your head? Yeah. Exactly. I know. It doesn't look good, but you know what? Hats cover up a lot of shit and, yeah. and in two weeks every haircut looks the same this is almost three months of facial hair you don't need to tell me about not looking good are you serious yeah i'm a <laughs> i'm a hairless individual 
But the lucky thing is that you don't have to do much maintenance, eh? Not yeah. almost none. I bought a pack of four razor blades. I expect that to last me through my adulthood. Yeah. Well, the first three are going to be like weeks two, three, and five, and then the fourth one's going to last you about 183 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that goes. Yeah, the last one, uh, it, it lasts lasts me forever. You yep. get your mileage. Yeah. yeah, especially the last one. And it's only until I I uh, use those things forever because they're super expensive. Yeah, man. And uh, they lock them away too, so they're not easy. Yeah, to buy. they know they know that people are stealing them. Yeah, because they're still getting expensive. I see them on like uh, not Kijiji Marketplace packs of razors. I'm like, I I know where they came from. <laughs> you knocked them off a truck. Yeah. Yeah, a van and came pulled up my backyard with speakers and razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> razor blades, man, that's like currency, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's too much, eh? That's why maybe we got that's uh, another sponsor we got to look at getting <laughs> cheap uh, razor company, Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, like well, that. I shouldn't say their name until they give us some cake. Kevin. <laughs> Fucked up. Remember, it's all about the cheddar. No free ads. <laughs> we learned about that. So I did want to talk. Uh, I did want to talk, Ryan, about uh, how we uh, met. Ooh. And uh, because I did all this thinking, it's going for nothing unless <laughs> I say it on the show. Okay. So uh, I remember you from Emerson, right? Is that where you got your start in the first time where you did your first set? I did my second set there. And, and probably most of them at this point, like half of my sets have been there. Oh, at Emerson, right? Yeah, my favorite place. Yeah, it's a great it's a great room, eh? Yeah, right by the university. So when you started doing it, wh- who was hosting that room? Um, Mace and Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was like. Uh, so I wasn't. I didn't do when Mace and Jordan. Maybe it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Yeah, you because I could because it was always so hard to get booked there, and you'd have to go for the lotto spot. And yeah. Because it was an hour away, it was like I really want to get a booked spot. That's pretty rough. So for, for someone like you, they should draw the lotto at six p.m. and then text you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. But uh, at the time, I was no, not known, so like I didn't. No one knew if I was gonna suck or whatever, so they didn't want to take a risk or help me out because who the fuck cares to show up and do it? So I would just take book spots instead yeah. at Bramsterdam and Brantford on Tuesday nights, and I didn't do Emerson until they booked me there. Okay. And then when they booked me there, um, it, you know, it was clear how good that room was, you know. And, yeah, uh, people are there to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It was in a nice, nice uh, part of town by the university, like you said, and it was like a, a beautiful young girls. All the comics that built that before, like Clifford and um, yeah, Mace and all them, yeah, <coughs> they did a great job of making people go to that place to watch comedy, for sure. And um, anyways, I remember you there. Um, you had a clipboard, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you were doing your doing jokes, and I, and I always remember you had uh, you were you were rocking a mullet, right? I've had uh, a handful of mullets in my adulthood, yeah. Yeah, and when I met you, I remember um, you had an, a, a, you loved your mullet, and 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 it was like not the first time I met you, but like there was like two or three times later where um, you had to cut your mullet for your sister's wedding or something, or like for there was like an occasion like something. You have a sister. Yeah, I do, and my mom cut, like has a hairdressing license, and would cut my hair. I'm pretty my sister. I think it was for a Christmas dinner. Wanted me to c- cut it off, and I said no, but I'll like I'll get it cleaned up. Oh yeah! And then my mom just went right across the back with the scissors and said, "Oops." I remember you were heartbroken. Cool. Yeah, that is like theft. Yeah, like it was like because there's something like you you grow uh, attached, like you grow an, aff- aff- an aff- 
you grow an affection for your mullet over time. I as if I as I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Kevin, you had a mullet. I I've, there's total evidence of that. Um, I had a mullet as well. Uh, I remember Waterford, where these guys went to school. They it's like our. I think it was a school haircut for a school while. School haircut, yeah. Like yes. I remember, I stopped. By the time I got in high school, I think I got my mullet cut because I went to a city school. It wasn't cool anymore. No. And then in uh, <laughs> so we were rocking. And then I go to university. All my buddies from Waterford, they end up going to university with me, and they all have mullets when they show up there. Like some people perm the back of their mullet. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, gee. Yeah, and it was. Uh, and uh, I remember then when they got to university, it was like no one's like uh, no one's really doing that so much anymore. And then we had our friend, remember Cora, Daryl uh, Cora? Yeah, yeah, man. He's played guitar on the show before too. And that guy took his mullet into. He took his mullet into like ah, deep into the two thousands. You know, like probably two thousand. That's a good man. I couldn't yeah. imagine him without it, honestly. And he, when he cut it, it broke a bit of my heart to yeah. see that go because he had such commitment for it, you know? Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Great guy. Like, the, that's the thing, too. You know, and I have a certain appreciation for a person that's not like one of these fucking David Beckham type, you know, mullet of the minute, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, stylish. I'm not one of these guys that sees a hockey player with a mullet. He's going to wear a mullet or he's going to, you know, sees, uh, likes Theo Vaughn. So he's going to wear a mullet, you know, this is a person that has a deep rooted love for the mullet and the lifestyle. You Always know? been toting the mullet. Do you play hockey? Did you play hockey? I learned how to skate at 23 and I've been playing since. Nice. Really? So yeah. I didn't come from hockey, but I put, I play now. The, you, you had the hair before the, the, the ability. I, yeah. And I think it. I think it made skating come a little easier. It's like your destiny. Yeah, the, Ron Duque. There's nothing nicer. <laughs> there's nothing better than the the flow. Flowing. Yeah, the flow flying behind you. A little lettuce. <laughs> if you went bald on top, would you rock the skullet? Against like all greater conventional wisdom, I think so. Yeah, like the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I gotta tell you something. I worked for a guy. He was my boss when I was at the bank. My boss. He had a skullet, and. uh you know how hard it is to respect a guy who's got a skullet? It's hard. At least in the times when I was, it was, I'm just saying, it's not a, res, it's not a haircut that demands respect. That guy must have felt unfireable if he showed up to work like that. He says his wife liked his curls. <laughs> like, <laughs> curls are almost strictly for the girls. He had, uh, oh. he had, so he has, he like had that. A, he, that, his hairline started like below his ear. Like, oh no. That's like, really, he was, that's commitment. It was great. It was like a riffraff from. Uh, <laughs> That's anyway. the low flow. Oh yeah. He I don't know if this gets back to him because I think people that work there still listen to the show. But I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I don't think they can take away my pension or whatever. I don't have anything. They can't shut you down because of freedom of speech. Plus, I'm not saying anything isn't true. The guy wore the guy had a skullet when he was my boss, and it was fucking embarrassing for all of us to admit <laughs> that to people. All you really said is that the haircut lacks respect. Yeah, it does lack respect, and also he was a bit of a of a, a doofus. D bag, yeah. but, but you'd fight to the death for his right to be that doofus. Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat, dude. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. A nice toupee might look good on that Scott. Yeah, but what I would have done, I said, just go to the fucking wood, man. Just go to the wood. He's like, ah, oh, no, my wife likes the curls. I'm like, ugh. Or like the Joe Dirt. Yeah, 
I don't know. I just think that once God told you not to have hair anymore, you don't just keep growing the hair on your neck. <laughs> eventually, you have to embrace baldness, yeah. Yeah, you got to eventually say, like, he took it all away. The neck hair isn't real hair. You got to let go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm sorry, honey. I, w- I haven't seen that guy in years. I wonder if he's still got it. Like, literally, when I quit. Please call him. He still had it, yeah. <laughs> so if anyone knows if if that, if the, if, if there's. Are you going to drop his full name? No, I won't do that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> then they can get me on something. At least now I could just say, I was just making it up. Yeah, okay. some, some dude. I'm gonna, I want to start using my one boss's name on stage when I tell jokes because it's a good name for the joke. And then there's another one that's an old. There was this guy. This guy's name was. Um, oh, I don't know if I should say his name. Say but it's uh, his nickname. I'll say his nickname because that, that that was what's so great. His nickname was Whomper Thompson. Whomper? <laughs> Whomper Sounds Tom- like a NASCAR driver. Whomper Thompson. That's a great name, man. Like, my- you, you can tell stories about Whomper Thompson, man. Fuck yeah. My, uh, my <laughs> legend of Whomper Thompson. Yeah. My family doctor who just recently retired, his name was Richard Packer. A, a Dick Packer? Yeah. Nice. No, that's a nice. tough one to not like laugh in his face about. Oh Jesus! He comes from a long line of Dick Packers. It's yeah. a family name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to think about that. We got a couple of doozies around here, but I hate saying their name on the show. Nah, we won't. <laughs> but there's some where you're like, "Did you know when you named him that?" The- <laughs> yeah. Some some parents are fucking cruel. What about that race car driver, Dick Trickle? Yeah, Dick Trickle. That definitely sounds like something you got in college at spring break. For sure. You got to go with the hard Richard if it's if your last yeah. name is Trickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get ahead of these things. Yeah, definitely. And I know I'm a Peter, man. You got to watch it, you know, with Unless the Dick Peter North. You got to go because, like, if you're like, I can't go with a middle name that's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh shit! I lost my point on that one. But it's like right. Harry Dick, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, Peter Rod. Yeah, you know, all those guys. We got an affinity. We got like a certain connection with one another. When you hear about one of those guys, when you hear a guy's name that sounds like is a dick, you know. Yeah, if your last name is Cox, like C O X. Yeah, I'm like ah, I feel a little bit for you because I'm a. My name's Peter. You know. Yeah. I guys people call their cock that. Mm-hmm. You know, Willie. Hey, Willie. I get you, man. You know, yeah. like people, we're, we have a kinship. If your last name it's is... It's William. Yeah. <laughs> if your last name is Beaver, you got to be careful what you name your first kid, your kid's first name. Yeah. Yep. If no heralds. If your name's like, like Twatty Cuntington. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Okay. Um, so, Ryan, I, with you, your mullet was a true love. Yeah, I thought about it. It was true. It came off of you. You seem like a very authentic guy. Like you don't, you're not going to do it because you think it's going to be what uh, other people are going to like. You're doing it because what it makes you feel good, right? Right. Well, and when I got rid of it, it was just woke up one day. I I think it, we're done for now. Weight off my shoulders, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then you you lived your life without it. You learned to live without it. Both times in my. Uh, in my adulthood, uh, within two days of getting rid of the mullet, I got laid. So there's some, there's some powers that be. Really, well, that is correlation for sure. Is that uh, it's two days, eh? Yeah. So then, so the mullet, you loved it that much that you grew it back again. Yeah. Even though you knew it had pussy power, and then you, and then you, 
Then you tested it, or then you tested it again. The like, second one, I was dating the girl, and I made sure that she was in it for the real deal, because I we met we this. met with the mullet. Yeah. Oh, is that who you were still? No. 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 This girl's never known you the mullet side of you. She's asked me to grow it back, and Ooh. I mean. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, now it's not. Now it's like uh, it's it's like uh, commonplace again. Is, I think it's. I think it's. I don't see people often enough. You don't. I'm not doing it for them. Ooh. Oh no 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 no! I, yeah. I, I, that's what we were talking about uh, before. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I mean. That's why I like about you because you don't give a shit. You do it. Uh, you do it however you want to do. Like to me, that's the highest honor in uh, humanity. Is a person that doesn't give a shit. Like mm. that's that's who I like the most. You know, is a person that's authentically like themselves. Like that's the that's freedom for me. I think that's that's what you want want to achieve. You know. Yeah, but in comedy, you, you have that balance of well, I want them to find this funny. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not going to formulate how I do to kind of make it into what they were looking for. I'll fix it within myself to make it, like you said, authentic. Yeah. But maybe there's, maybe there's a better order to do it, so or more co- right. more confidence to put behind it. But well, well, I'll tell you something about the way because when I started watching you, and you're like, this is very common of all of all uh, comedians. So I I hope I hope you forgive me for uh, for saying this if it's offensive in any way. But like in uh, but if at the beginning you start telling jokes, you you you're, you're concentrating on the joke, right? And, and, uh, that's not as good as when you let your s- bits of yourself come out. And then when I saw you, like, I think we did the bar, the, the, the barbershop or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hendry's. Hendry's. Yeah. That was, uh, like that you were cracking me up that time. And it was because, uh, it was the real parts of you that come out, like the real honesty that seems to exude through your face somehow. That's what makes it, it would crack me up and make people laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so it's a, it's more than the joke sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I think, uh, we get caught up in thinking about it, trying to figure out the puzzle sometimes. And if we would just let it, like, just not think. Certainly. And I mean, I can relate it to skating a bit. Once you stop thinking about what your feet are doing on the ice and you start thinking about what you want your whole body to do, your feet become automatic. So in right, comedy, right. once you you know your jokes well enough, you're you like you said you don't need to think about them. You can now think about I'm gonna be I'm gonna throw my attention at this side of the room. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna call out this person in the audience. Yeah, you yeah. can you kind of get above your own material. Yeah, yeah. And can can tweak it on the fly. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's that's the sweet spot, the flow that a comedian wants to get to. Yeah, it's I think it's like poker. You know, you start out playing your cards and then you play your opponent's cards and then you eventually play what you think your opponent thinks your cards are yeah and then uh like it's that way in comedy too you keep stepping up there was the jokes then it's the audience and then it becomes being present you know like i keep i keep finding you figure out one layer and then you're like oh if i could only just do this could you see another guy do it yeah and you're like oh if i could just do what he did i watched marita lopez one time uh i got to o- i got to open for him in cambridge one time and I don't know if you've ever wor- uh, seen Maria Lopez, um, but he's a he's a great comic. I really enjoy him. But it, he, I watched him uh, take the room, and what he did was he uh, he's coming as a headliner, and right away he like talked to a guy in one corner of the room, then he talked to a person in the other corner of the room, 
then he started like connecting those two people to make them um like somehow like know each other and have a relationship with each other through the show and then he take any like he brought everybody into the one thing so that it became like by the time he got done with all that and had everybody everyone in the room was focused on him you know and then he he could do whatever he wanted you know he had had him in the palm of their hand you know and yeah. I, I looked at it like he was doing a magic trick man like it was like wow that's like, it i mean the big thing is no matter how strong your material is if you can't cultivate that engagement with the audience it's never going to be as good as it could be yeah, yeah when you have the whole audience kind of invested in what's coming next yeah otherwise yeah. you're just reciting jokes yeah yeah and they gotta be damn good jokes to pull that off like mitch hedberg like yeah and more than just the jokes though like you, the presence and yeah and I think the thing about live comedy, and this is why I don't think Zoom's ever going to replace it or yeah. drive-ins or anything like that. But when, if you go to the real benefit of a good live comedy show is the fact that you're you're witnessing a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, like you in that room listening to those comics that night, that's the... That's the that's the, that's a unique experience that only you people in that room are going to yeah. have. It's the only time you're ever going to see that exact show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so the, the the good part about it is that the things that um aren't rehearsed and the off the cuff stuff and the things that go wrong and yeah. even with the rock concert, you know, when a guy breaks his strings, it's more interesting than when a show goes flawlessly, you know? Oh, I love when a singer fucks up a lyric. Yeah, yeah, like when people get stuck and stuff like that and you see a bit of the humanity of it all. I mean, that's what people really like. Well, that's what I like, at least. I can't speak for people, I guess. I like watching people plow through, too, like like yeah. when they do fuck up. Yeah, I love stop, it. They just... And, I mean, it's an ex- uh, an opportunity to do it with grace. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't... If, if you become awkward and, like, you'll let it kind of collapse what you were doing... That's the sign of of an amateur. Whereas if you stumble and make it look like it was part of the act, almost, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. then it, it's it that's professionalism to me. Yeah, you can you you're like uh, to acknowledge the 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 fail or Bl- the bomb blunder. Yeah, the blunder, like the joke that misses. <laughs> when you acknowledge that miss, um, people. Um, laugh that's a humanizing moment mm-hmm. yeah then they're like okay this guy gets the fact that he sucks he's not delusional i'm not watching an insane person that's that i think puts people right off is when people don't understand that they're not funny yeah, w- yeah. what was what was not working yeah yeah and that's when they start yelling at the crowd saying it's their fault i mean that never worked that <laughs> never gets them back walk yeah. a room yeah i would watch comics do it all the time they would get so mad and then they would end up shitting on the crowd the whole time and then by the time it came to me, I would just be nice to him, to the audience. <laughs> One and then, <laughs> Some, sometimes and then, it's too little, too late. Yeah, a lot of times it is. Yeah, but and lot, I mean, sometimes it is the it. If it's the room's fault, it's just the whole thing didn't come together. Maybe the host maybe didn't get them right off the bat. Maybe it wasn't advertised well, and there's a lot of like regulars at the bar just trying to get drunk in peace. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah, and they do. They always do. Yeah. But pointing that out to the audience is never going to change their mind. No, and uh, that's the thing. Like you still want to try to make the best of it. And a lot of times, all it takes the the crowd doesn't do anything different. But the previous six guys said 
that he hates us and go fuck ourselves and like, we hope you die. That's how they leave. Literally, I've seen Connolly leave the stage. stage. That's what they're saying to an audience that didn't like him. And then uh, next comic's got to go up and try to make him <laughs> laugh. Offer hand jobs in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, so then I'm... Uh, so I had to go up last, I remember, and, and but all you do is you kind of go up there. They're not reacting any different to you, but you just say, hey, I don't know what their problem was with you guys. I like you guys. You seem good. Yeah. Yeah, you seem like you're good people. And then the they, the people that stayed to you at the end, they stayed. They've been suffering through those people abusing them, you know? Like, yeah. n- now at least uh, I should be nice to them that they stayed to the end. Like, that's what I always thought, you know? And it always works better, too, because... I've only lost my shit on an audience member one time, uh, Kaylee House in Hamilton. Oh, that was a rough room. Yeah, and the guy took a full fucking phone call on, like, I'm in the middle of my set. You know, you only get, like, it's, it was fucking so many comics. Yeah, three minutes, basically. Yeah, I don't know. They gave you five, but it was, no, I don't know. But it was, like, it was it was madhouse, right? So then you go, I go up there, and there's, like, it's, it's packed, but the, um, this guy comes in with a fucking bicycle uh, into the bar, and then he takes a phone call, full fucking voice. And I remember I'm doing my, I'm halfway through a joke, and he's talking in full voice to this person a, a, while I'm trying to perform. I can hear everything he's saying, and I'm just, it just set me off. Like, it really uh, triggered something in me. <laughs> so I was like, dude, sh- fuck off. Like, get out of here. You yeah. know, like, who, like, shut your phone off. Like, you're an you're out of your mind yeah your situational awareness is fucking daft yeah yeah get out and uh so i was really abusive to him but i remember that that ended up making me uh like a lot of comics said that that uh, that actually made him think that i was for real because i actually stood up for myself instead of just taking it like a pussy or whatever you know i've definitely been on the pussy end of it yeah, and then once I started hosting a show, it became more of like, okay, well, this is my show. I need to communicate with the audience that that disrespecting the comics isn't cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a host, that is your job, really, is to police it and let the acts just do their act so they yeah. get the information from it. Yeah, the ho- That's why I like hosting. I like taking that heat. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind saying, okay, you guys treat me like shit, but leave those guys alone. Yeah, I I invite them. I I'll be like, everybody will just will practice this. Give me the finger now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, it's nice. I'll take your slings and arrows. <laughs> Let the comics do their fight. It's fun to be a villain. Yeah, I hosted the show on Saturday one time, and it was this guy's birthday, but he was a cock at the table the whole time. Like he was just yapping through everyone's act, and people it was disruptive to the crowd. To be honest, I couldn't hear him from the stage. Like, I couldn't really hear him. But I know in the audience, they didn't like that table. And so they were yelling out to me that it was this guy's birthday. And uh, so I, I suggested the crowd that we sing happy birthday. And you can hear the crowd go like, fuck no. Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, like the crowd just didn't like him. Yeah. So then we just uh, we just said, how about, uh, I go, how about on the count of three, we tell this guy to go fuck himself, right? Like, we, we I forget what his name was, but we all yelled, like, hey, Mitch, go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> the guy's birthday, and the crowd was into that like crazy. It made made a big difference. Those are the times, those little things that end up being the ones that make me uh, make me like uh, the live show, because you that, that's not something you write before yeah. you go in. No, and, you couldn't. And you galvanize the people. Yeah, and the whole crowd hates you. Like, like yeah. it's more, f- it's more fun as a comic to say, be nice to the shitty person in the audience, 
and then tell him the rest of the crowd hates him. <laughs> Get the crowd to turn on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, like, a good comic is just a, a bad day away from leading a revolutionary mob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like to believe so. Get your pitchforks. <laughs> um, oh, we do... We What time is it now, Kev? Do you know? It's uh, 10.30. Okay, yeah, we should wrap her up. But I just wanted to do one quick game before we end. And I want to thank you for coming in very much. No problem. Yeah, you enjoy yourself for strip out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, we really appreciate you having coming in. If you was if you were still allowed to do comedy shows, we'd be able to plug your dates at this point in time, tell people where they can see you. Yeah. But it'd be like wait till fucking COVID's over. Yeah, I'm not trying to rush anything. You just announced the fucking new lockdown. Yeah, I know. I had a show in Oshawa that I was uh, booked for to headline in April on the 23rd. But I'm pretty sure it's not happening. What I'm hoping, though, is that everyone's been pent up for over a year. Once things do open up, they'll be flying and full crowds all the time is the hope. Yeah, that's what they're like the new renaissance, you know, like when it when everything gets to open up again. I can't wait. Should be great. But um, uh, we want to thank you for coming in. I did want to update people uh, that the uh, last year's uh, death pool was won by uh, Lori Ball, I believe. And I also want to say that Lori had drafted Beverly Cleary for like five death pools in a row. <laughs> and in 2000, that hate speech. <laughs> in 2021, the one year that we do not do a death pool, oh boy. Uh, Beverly Cleary decides to pass away to stick it up Lori's ass <laughs> at, a, <laughs> at 105 years old. So um, uh, Beverly Cleary, uh, way to outlive. Uh, my sister's hateful uh, <laughs> <laughs> wishes upon you. Uh, life well lived. And uh, I just wanted to do quick survey. Quick survey and greatest mullet of all time. Ooh. Greatest mullet of all time. If you had to get, if you had to pick one, historic mullet. I could throw out some. I think Ally Afraidy had a good one. Ooh, Ally Afraidy, good one. That is one out of nowhere. Yep. I was thinking, dog, the bounty hunter. Oh, that's a good that, mullet. That is a filthy piece of uh, <laughs> piece of Confederate and I don't flag. It's <laughs> um, a weaponry, man. And, and uh, how nobody saw them coming is beyond me. Andre Agassi, if you look at that's him in his one. in his heyday in like the tennis days, like the Brooke Shields days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Agassi's uh, mullet was was uh, off the Yarmer Yager. I was I was gonna oh, say Yager. I love Yager through through the through his uh, career. Yeah. And um, Danny McBride in Eastbound. Oh, does that oh, a yeah. good one? <laughs> that is a great one. Yeah. And then, uh, then plus he's the perfect piece of shit to go with. <laughs> oh, is he ever? <laughs> yeah, that is a great movie. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, well, that's those are that's a great list. And uh, who can uh, forget uh, Martina Navratilova or uh, Ellen DeGeneres? Throwing in for the ladies. She had hey? one, yeah. 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 We we can't forget that they have them too. Mm-hmm. Who did it? Um, the girl for, the girl who played in Twilight did it for the. Uh, documentary she sad did. girl yeah uh kristen stewart kristen Ooh. stewart did one i'm amazed i got that man oh no, that, that was, was really well done thank you we were gonna have to add that in in post <laughs> yeah, yeah kristen stewart <laughs> but uh well anyways we got a good list there who would you go with jagger you give it to crown to, it's a good to one. jags yeah that's a really good one just uh, because like it was full and luscious and it spent a lot of time horizontal yeah 
that's a big factor cool. in mullets for me. Like Ooh. he's got the wind under his mullet. That's what it's. That's what we're here for. I always picture Ally and Frady in that slap shot contest with the bald patch, and the <laughs> <laughs> it was good. But Jaeger's got him just based on skill. Alone. Also, he hung on to it a long time. Right, yeah. Well after it was cool. Well after it's cool. Yeah, he's yeah. also a true committed guy to it and the the real deal. So it's a great he's a great winner. And I didn't even see it coming. So excellent choice. Thank you very much for everyone for listening to the show. If you'd like to, please follow us on all the socials and uh, tell a friend, share an episode, do something nice for us. Thank you to everyone that does that. And until next week, we'll see you NT. See you next Thursday. Oh, there's the camera. Bye. <laughs>